0: This is Unfiltered, episode 111 for August 20th, 2014.
1: I just want to show you this, okay? Let me just give you an idea of what's going on. The protesters, here's this main intersection. The protesters have moved all the way down there. They're about half a block down here. John, watch with me. They're all the way down there, okay? Nobody's threatening anything. Nobody's doing anything. None of the stores here that I can see are being looted. There's no violence. Now, I want you to look at... What is going on in Ferguson, Missouri, in downtown America, okay, these are armed police with machine, uh, not machine guns, with with semi-automatic rifles, with batons, with shields, many of them dressed for combat. Now, why they're doing this, I don't know. Because there is no threat going on here, none that merits this. There is none, okay? Absolutely, there have been looters. Absolutely, over the last nine days, there's been violence, but there is nothing going on on this street right now that merits this scene out of Bagram, nothing. So if people wonder why the people of Ferguson, Missouri are so upset, this is part of the reason. What is this? This doesn't make any sense.
0: Welcome to Unfiltered Episode 111 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's hopefully distracting you from all of that TV you really shouldn't be watching my name is chris and joining me every single week is the always excellent mr chase
2: man 111 it's got a nice ring to it yeah it's a good number it's a good number we've been here nearly well just or it's been over
0: two years i know i know i know i know it's
2: crazy man
0: and this is not um this is not our nation's best week this, this is not is, uh, this is not a show this, we're going to come on here and be proud of. Our this nation, is I don't you think. know
2: yesterday, uh, and I know we're going to talk about some of the news, especially with ISIS and Iraq moving on in the show. But last night, when I started reading this stuff as it was coming down fresh, mm-hmm. I was just
0: like, "This was one of those." You know, it was weird. Uh, I don't I was like. What is our world coming? I, to? I don't ever do this, Chase. I I, I actually kind of make it one of my rules not to ever do this. Uh-oh. But I, I was laying in bed, and for some reason, I decided to check Twitter. I I never Ooh, do, it. never do I did, it. I
2: did that. T- was that like right around nine o'clock? I, I almost texted you. I was just like, "Are you seeing this?" Yeah, I, was, just, I uh, was,
0: and I couldn't believe it. And and then and then next thing you know, I'm laying in bed, and I've got a like UStream stream up from yeah. somebody's cell phone yeah. on the ground in Ferguson. Yeah, and I and then I jump back on Twitter, and I see Scott Johnson linking to another uh, another feed. And this hashtag feed, Ferguson. I was like, "What is?" One of the feeds I got was a journalist working for, uh, I think it was like uh, an Al Jazeera journalist. Al Jazeera. And another one that were in the car together driving around talking about what they were seeing, which was incredible. I mean, it was just totally raw on the ground. I've never done anything like it before. And I I, I knew immediately, wow, this is, without even getting out of bed, I knew this is a historic moment for the United States and not a good one in a good way. No. Uh, but maybe, and I hope maybe we can talk about this a little bit, maybe it's finally, finally going to slow down the aggressive militarization of the police force in the United States. Maybe. We'll talk about that as we, as we sort of build towards it. Maybe it won't. And some might argue maybe it shouldn't. So we'll try to discuss that later in the show, too. Yeah. ISIS has had a big week. <laughs>
2: I know. I mean, we've, uh, we've, we've obviously, you know, on the show, have made jokes about ISIS and their, their, their nicely produced videos and logos and, and things Military like that. Military equipment
0: that they happen to find, yep. and, the money they happen to find.
2: Uh, but uh, what has transpired with that? It's just that? the worst. It doesn't
0: matter. It almost doesn't even matter anymore. It's just the worst. So we're gonna, And, of course, that's exactly the reaction they're going for. So we're going to talk yep. about that yep. and try to stay rational about it. Yep. I wanted to start by doing something that I've only done once before on this show, in 111 mm-hmm. episodes. Just one time. Uh, the first clip out of the out of the gate I want to play is our intro clip because I thought it was so powerful to see Jake Tapper on the streets of Ferguson coming to grips with what he has seen and having on to live TV question the sanity behind it. Right. It is, I think going to be an iconic moment on national television
2: that is jake tapper being a real human being not not a reporter right not going for ratings not shocked, not worrying about what
0: the boss doesn't want him to say
2: you know his boss is ted turner you know he doesn't care and he's just laying it out there like a lot of us that is seeing this going on with both eyes so i want to play it again it's
0: not an amazing clip the audio quality is not amazing but i think it's so every now and then we play clips on this show that I believe will be played for years and years and years, and I think this is one of them, so I just want to watch it again. All right.
1: done. I just want to show you this, okay? Let me just give you an idea of what's going on. The protesters, here's this main intersection. The protesters have moved all the way down there. They're about half a block down here. John, watch with me. They're all the way down there, okay? Nobody's threatening anything. Nobody's doing anything. None of the stores here that I can see are being looted. There's no violence. Now, I want you to look at what is going on in ferguson missouri in downtown america okay these are armed police with machine uh, not machine guns with, with semi-automatic rifles with batons with shields many of them dressed for combat now why they're doing this i don't know because there is no threat going on here none that merits this. There is none. okay? Absolutely, there have been looters. Absolutely, over the last nine days, there's been violence. But there is nothing going on on this street right now that merits this scene out of Bagram, nothing. So if people wonder why the people of Ferguson, Missouri are so upset, this is part of the reason. What is this? This doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. And, and Jake, you know, many people have been wondering about uh, what they're calling the um, over militarization of police departments, especially in the wake of the wars of Iraq and Iran and 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 getting um, Afghanistan, I should say, uh, and getting this equipment from the Pentagon. Julia, that's
0: really all I had. Uh, it, it's just so powerful to see that. And if you're a yeah. supporter and you have the supporter sync, that might be one you want to grab for your personal collection. Yeah, uh, it's top of our uh, Ferg's folder. Yeah. Okay, so I also just to, I want to, I want to put my biases of the story out on the table immediately. I, I am siding for the most part with the protesters. I acknowledge there was probably people that were uh, breaking the law and injuring and uh, doing bad things. I, so I'm not trying to downplay that. However, I want to play this piece of video for you. This sort of set my frame of mind, the way I see the way things are. And as this goes, too, uh, these you'll hear clips from reporters. I want you towards the end to listen to the desperation in the reporter's voice as he witnesses a situation that could have been completely, completely avoided potentially unravel.
4: Can you believe this is oh, our oh,
5: country? Oh, they're running. They're running now. Hold on. They're going after somebody who threw something. Police are now running so down the, the police block. Show Water bottles are flying through the air. Oh, boy.
0: And then it goes uh, crazy.
5: It, it's totally dissolved. The night was had been ending peacefully. The night was ending peacefully. Hold on. A, they're, they're putting a man down to the ground right now. It just got extremely tense. Uh, there, the, the, the night was almost completely diffused. Uh, most people had gone home. There were a few people in, in a circle uh, discussing things, and suddenly one water bottle flew in the direction of police.
1: Move back! Move! Move! Move. Move. Off there! Back. Now! Move! Thank you. Now! Back. Stand over there. Though. You ought to get back! Hey,
4: kill me. Get back you're to to cops and military gear. You need to get back. You're risking my lives. Get back now.
0: All right, so uh, you can see how it's uh, how maybe one might lead if you watch enough of these clips, one starts to lead to the conclusion and I think producer Eric just summed it up really quite nicely in the chat room. Uh, the reason why this has gotten so bad is because the police are making it worse because it's about the police. It's about their egregious aggression. And because, when then you respond with more egregious aggression, that makes their response worse. And when you use the words like getting these people out to vote would be disgusting, when you use words like that, it makes them mad because you are not respecting them and you are supposed to be protecting them. Well, it's
2: not just that, Chris. I mean— <sighs> Uh, I don't know if you got the clip. Uh, maybe you do. I don't know of the reporters that were in a McDonald's. No, I don't. Oh, what okay. happened? So there was uh, some reporters. There's a McDonald's really close by to this uh, yeah, corner. I've, I've seen it in some of the videos. Um, and there was reporters. I don't know from what news, news agency, but some police officers came into the McDonald's <laughs> and told them they had to get out.
0: All the everybody? All
2: the, yeah, all, uh, everybody, including the reporters. And the reporters were rolling. Yeah. And the cops, you, you need to turn off. You need to turn off your camera right now. Huh. And reporter's like, no, 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 I, I have a right to record you. And then the co- the cops started doing a 45-second countdown. All right, you guys got 45 seconds to get really? out of here. You guys got 30 seconds to get out of here. Um, and then one of the reporters— uh, I Oh, forget. I think I
0: do have a clip of it, Chase. You do. I think I do have a clip oh, of it, as a matter of yes. fact. Here, um, I'll load it up while you keep—here.
5: Also breaking tonight, two reporters in town covering the chaos in Ferguson— are now part of the story. Wesley Lowry of the Washington Post and Ryan J. Riley of the Huffington Post were arrested tonight. The journalists say they were inside a McDonald's when police claim they were trespassing. Riley told me one of the county officers became physical and assaulted him.
6: I was uh, turned around. Um, A finger was jabbed into my neck. Um, uh, My arms were um, moved in in a... Uh,
0: It was an uncomfortable and uh, painful position, Um, and I was uh, cuffed. Um, uh, The officer then proceeded to stuff everything into my uh, bag and then uh, walk me in or rather in um, um,
7: wristbands or whatever, uh, zip ties, uh, out of the McDonald's, at which point he banged my head on purpose uh, against uh, the glass um, of the McDonald's door.
2: There's another clip of him of the of the tape of of or at least of the audio of when the cop came in um you know he had it he had it rolling he had his t- his camera rolling and the cop a told him to turn it off hmm. he he refused to do so uh, because he has a legal right to to yeah. tape him, yeah, sure. Um, and then the cops are like, oh, "You got thirty seconds to get your stuff out of here." You know, forty five wow. seconds. Well, one and the, just
0: one of the things in the whole the whole approach to the media in general is a lot of times the media are getting moved out; they're getting pushed into like media only zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in one case, when it got really intense, uh, one reporter was brought up, and, it, and the cop looked at him and says, "Well, that camera doesn't look like it cost fifty thousand dollars. You're not a reporter. You're out of here." And they got him out of there, and they drug him out. And, and he was in. He was like and, a, a writer. And, and, when,
2: the, and then when this was breaking, you know, uh, what about the the tear gas can that got fired uh, towards mm-hmm. an Al Jazeera right. Uh, and then they crew? Right. And
0: then they went over there and took down the crew's equipment.
2: Right. And pushed the cameras down and yeah. stuff. I mean, when I heard uh, – when I started following this story as it was breaking last week, I was just like, this is wrong. Yeah. I mean – The response this, is too extreme. I mean, and it's, it's the – now, obviously – I don't know the history of Ferguson, Missouri. I, I don't. And right. by the way, if you ever looked at a map, you guys, and you think, "Oh, Ferguson, Missouri, must be some small town in the middle of nowhere," it is literally like a suburb of St. Louis. Okay, it is an unincorporated. Uh, yeah. It's it's an area of St. Louis. It's you know it's not a very big area. It's a very
0: kind of like this area.
2: Yeah, it's it's yeah. It really is. Yeah, it it's, is. It's, it's a suburb. Is, it's
0: weird to think about that. Yeah. Um and and also we need to just say you know it's it's sad what happened to Michael Brown and we don't know what the full story is there. No. And I think yeah. I think our discussion here in the show today is maybe a little bit more then the details of what went down with Michael Brown and perhaps a little bit more about the systemic problems that are leading to this kind of response. We've seen it with the Boston bombing. We're now seeing it here. We've seen just this over militarization of this police, of the police with this over over overreaching response. However, that all now that I've just said all that, I think one important element to this particular flare up are the details of what we do know about the death of Michael Brown and some of that is provided by an autopsy that was released I think a day or so or two ago now was this days?
2: the the private autopsy that was released or the other one because I know no. like okay
0: yeah I think th- no I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think we have that one yet.
2: Okay. Well, yeah. Well, there's a big presentation like by Doctor. Oh, okay. and Okay. All that. Maybe yeah. so.
0: He- I, th- I this clip doesn't cover that one. I don't believe. Okay. Yeah.
7: The National Guard is being deployed in the U.S. suburb of Ferguson, where the standoff between security forces and protesters has reached new levels of unrest. Anastasia Cherkina is in Missouri for us. Now, props
0: to her. Although she's going to like uh, train through this speech like uh, like I don't know what her problem is. But she has taken it in the face several times while she has been down there. She has gotten some elbows to the face. She got some tear gas to the face. I've been pretty impressed with how much crap this little girl, t- sorry, this woman has taken. But she's not very big either. She's like, she's.
8: Yeah. Emotions have been flying high here in Ferguson as uh, militarization of law enforcement has been reaching its peaks, especially uh, Sunday night, uh, just hours before a second night of the curfew was about to begin here on the streets of Ferguson. It has to be said that uh, for night after night after night, for over a week now, uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of people have been coming out onto the streets to protest the killing of unarmed 18 year old Michael Brown by a police officer. That's an M,
2: by the way, that vehicle that you just saw, that is an M wrap vehicle. Now, I'll have stats about that vehicle here after the clip. Here's
0: the stats about the autopsy while you look
8: at. Unarmed 18-year-old Michael Brown by a police officer. We do have the latest independent autopsy results being announced that reveal that Michael Brown was shot at least six times, including two times in the head, and uh, this has been bringing protesters out onto the street, demanding the reasons why this young man would be killed by a police officer with multiple gunshots.
0: So, to answer your question earlier, that was the autopsy released on the 17th uh so
8: Friday night became one of the the most chaotic nights here in Ferguson throughout this entire week, where police used more tear gas than in previous days, including sound cannons, LRADs. Uh, We do know that families with children were still out on the streets when tear gas had hit some of them. Uh, This was uh, quite an unprecedented situation where in the United States, even journalists were told to disperse. Otherwise, they could get hit with tear gas or shots while standing in a crossfire. Uh, Two journalists were arrested later to be released. It's been over seven days since... Since Michael Brown was murdered on August 9th and uh, passions have not died down for any one of those nights here in Ferguson as police become more and more militarized, clashing with protesters. Certainly we're not expecting this tension to die down anytime soon, unfortunately, especially now with the National Guard being deployed to the streets of Ferguson to try to tackle the situation.
2: There's another picture of it. So the vehicle, uh, the, the vehicles that the police are using in Ferguson and many other areas of the country is an MRAP. You might have heard that term thrown around. It's a mine-resistant, ambush-protected vehicle. It's a 14-ton, 14, 14 tons armored fighting vehicle.
0: And, by the way, uh, that weight means that it is extremely damaging to the roads. Uh, in fact, I was listening to an interview with some military personnel, and they're like, yeah, we don't even ever drive those on the roads. Yeah. <laughs>
2: United States Department of Homeland Security rapid response teams have used MRAPs. Uh, uh, FBI has a, yep. an MRAP they as do, well.
0: I, they do have them, and they, they do drive them on the roads, obviously, but they will do them very consciously. And I thought that was just even at that level, what I thought that sort of betrayed was like, these guys are not qualified to have this. Now, that was really the sense I got from this guy's interview.
2: You know, these, these vehicles, by the way, um, cost normally— Near a half million bucks each. Okay. $412,000. But here's the that thing. That actually,
0: to me, for some reason, doesn't seem like a lot.
2: But the thing is they have to also get refitted ah. with a closed turret, uh, black paint, oh. new seating, loudspeakers, emergency lights. That costs an additional seventy grand. Seventy? Seventy grand. I thought you were
0: going to say seven grand. I was going to be like, oh, that's a deal.
2: Nope, <laughs> nope. Um, and by the way, uh, just an interesting
0: stat, fuel efficiency. Yeah, okay, hold on. Let me guess. Um, uh-huh. Seven miles a gallon.
2: Wow. Very close. Five. Really? Wow. Five. Wow. But yeah, the thing is the Defense uh, Logistics Agency is in charge of offloading 13,000 MRAPs to 780 domestic law enforcement agencies on waiting lists for these vehicles. So you have – obviously, you know, uh, they they feel that, you know, we need to have these vehicles because if we don't – We've got
0: some here. The New York Times uh, has an infograph where you can go see where all the – the different vehicles did and you, equipment has been deployed.
2: Did you see the article uh, in the Seattle? Maybe not. I'm not sure. But the Seattle Police Department was actually they actually put put out. This is what we have. We don't have any of these right. vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Huh. What we have requested is armor plating, and which I think is okay. I'm I'm yeah. fine with that. Sure. Uh, you know, because there's officers that are out there. I don't know, man. I like beats. I
0: like the ideal. I like the idea of the civilian police force is wearing a blue uniform. They're just cloth shirts. Well, I, I guess just, maybe we're just not living in that time anymore. Maybe well, I'm crazy. A, a vest maybe I'm crazy. underneath,
2: I think, is fine.
0: I suppose so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is, yeah.
2: I mean, you you got people out there that they want to kill I think it's cops. just that I've
0: been, I feel like they've gone so far that now I just want to pull it all back. Now it's just like, now I want to overreact but too I, much.
2: Well, I, I agree that there's certain things that shouldn't go to the police. Like, MRAPs, I don't think should go to the police. I don't think they need them. They They don't need the uh, semi-automatic assault-style weapons. They don't need that. They don't need tear
0: gas launchers. Right, and, and I don't know if you've seen some of the clips, but they're just driving around, just popping them off at people. They're just driving down the street, out, hanging out of one of those big trucks, just boom, boom, right, boom, and they're just shooting them off in different directions. Yeah. Uh, one of them landed in that RT gal's face. So there you go. Uh, all right. Um, one thing I want to kind of get to is the race aspect of this because this is – it's interesting how this is being played by different sides and i think it plays an important part of the discussion this clip kinda goes into it, and maybe i can kick it around a little bit All right.
9: in ten days of street battles no one has been killed but at least twenty eight people have been injured including four police officers oh. at least five were shooting victims but no one has been shot by the police at least hundred and forty seven people have been arrested some from as far away as new york san francisco and dallas and at least 60 businesses have been looted or vandalized. Most residents of Ferguson are black, but there are only four black police officers on its 58-member police force. We asked Mark Strassman to look into this. Protesters say long before Michael Brown was killed, Ferguson cops policed by race. Sometimes you just get tired of it. 26-year-old Kyle Borders says Ferguson cops have pulled him over 10 times in three years. But they've never given him a ticket.
1: The first question is, do you have any guns, do you have any drugs, or any of that nature? I'm like, sir, I've never had a, I, I don't even have a record. You know, I've never been in trouble. Ferguson
9: has 22,000 residents. Two-thirds are black. But African-Americans have a disproportionate share of run-ins with the city's mostly white police force. According to the Missouri Attorney General, last year in Ferguson, 86% of police stops, 92% of searches, and 93% of arrests involved black people.
0: Whoa.
2: Can't argue with statistics.
0: Well, I mean, you can, but, I mean, that is, that is, that is, I'm going to play that again, that cuts, that, whoo.
9: Americans have a disproportionate share of run ins with the city's mostly white police force. According to the Missouri Attorney General, last year in Ferguson, 86% of police stops, 92% of searches, and 93% of arrests involved black people. That means blacks are three times more likely than whites to be stopped by police.
0: Now, do you think, now, didn't they say earlier in the beginning that it's almost like the majority of the population are, is black. He's so he
9: said two
2: thirds. Now here's the here's the other question. the The, the question is, uh, I mean, who's breaking the laws? That's all I'm saying. Like, as in,
0: <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Maybe no. blacks break more laws. That's no, all I'm saying. I, I don't know.
2: I don't know. All I'm saying is, well, if you've got are, more are, people, are of, are, they, are they are they specifically targeting? African Americans. Well, it is a bit of a self, or,
0: it is a bit of a self perpetuating cycle where right. there's a certain section of the community that is put at a, at a disadvantage. So then they are more likely to break the laws because they're living in a broken system anyways that doesn't treat them fairly. Right. So there's yeah. that aspect. But I think probably the more legitimate answer is just that the majority of the people in that area are black. Right. I think that's really it. I mean, I is it? I, I think. I, mean, well, I, mean, I, I I don't know actually. I mean, I mean, probably, then, there then, probably then, is a little racism component to it. I don't know. See, what I'm trying to get to is, I think to deny that there's racism involved would be crazy because human beings are involved. So right. I don't think you can just say racism isn't involved because that's that would be ridiculous. Right. But I'm, what I'm trying to get to the root of is, are these tensions race related, or are these tensions? That, that's my entire point
2: in, in saying what I said. I yeah, mean, no, I it, follow. Yeah,
0: it's like, or is it is it because the blacks are committing more crimes and because they're black, or is it? actually that they're just more populated in that community. And what we really have is the people in a position of authority are threatened by the civilian population. In other words, the people they are supposed to be protecting, they see as the enemy. Right. And I think you've seen some and statements to that to, to effect. So it's possible that they would look at the black community as maybe, uh, you know. And then they feel and, stronger because they have
2: all this military equipment, military right. style thing. Like now, hey.
0: They're all pumped up.
2: I'm pumped up. I'm, I'm driving lo- in big vehicles. They look like
0: a big boy. You know, they got the big boy clothing. They got the big boy gun. They got the big boy truck. I mean,
2: look at this, Chris. I got a nice, big, huge picture
5: here.
0: They got their big boy mustaches. I mean,
5: whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Was that an accident? (laughs) (sighs) What's driving me crazy is that photo right there. Zoom in on that. It's one of those cops in a black uniform with (laughs) a mustache. He just looked like an absolute clown freak. That works for murdering terrorists that jack our food and water. I think you're a big joke. Oh, you got a mustache. I'll just worship you. Oh, you got a mustache. It's okay.
0: Nothing against mustaches.
2: There you go. But yeah, when you're driving in a vehicle like that, you know. And You'd you probably
0: know. feel like a, like a real mother effort. Right? I would think. And I then, bet that just makes you feel and, like a boss.
2: And then, yeah, I, I really, I think it lends to your your statement, Chris. It's not about protecting and working with with the public and working with people. It's like I they're my enemy, and that's really what you get. This
0: feeling: the when United cops States are of America out. is a battlefield chase. Yeah. All right. Let's finish this clip off.
9: And twice more likely to be searched or arrested. Uh, well, James Knowles now, is the city's mayor. The-, the perception of the minority community. The, the, oh, get the ready police department treats them
10: unfairly. I'm not in their shoes. We can always improve uh, our relationships, and whether it is true or not, there is a belief that that happens, and that's not acceptable. In hindsight, sh-
0: see when he when he says that, what I hear is, oh well, it doesn't really matter what the little citizens want. Would they We'll just give them the perception that they look for so that way we can continue on. That is that is what I hear. Like, if I had a Universal Star Trek translator, that would be what the translator was telling me.
9: Should the city have been doing more to recruit and keep black police officers.
10: That's just something we're going to have to to try to figure out a way to, to struggle with and continue to. Did you? Did you? Did,
0: let's play that again. Hold on. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah because it kind of sounds like he's not going to fix the problem at all with that answer recruit and keep black police officers
10: that's just something we're going to have to to try to figure out a way to to struggle with and continue to try to uh, wait
0: try to figure out a way to struggle with that to struggle with in other words we're going to slow that down stretch it out and not fix the problem and he doesn't See, he's not polished. He doesn't mean to say that. He's probably not been on camera very much. And sometimes what happens is you accidentally say what you actually are trying not to say. Right. Because you're nervous. You've, you've not been mic'd up before. There's very bright lights in front of you. Honestly, it, it really puts you into a different state of mind that kind of makes your mind race so quickly that you sometimes accidentally say the exact kind of thing you did not mean to say. And I know that sounds yeah. like crap, but until you've been in that position, it is legitimate. Yeah, and I think that's what he just
10: did. Yeah, uh, improve ways not just to recruit but then to retain African American officers.
6: You can take it a
10: leave. State Senator Jamila Nasheed has tried to calm crowds
9: here. She's a critic of local police.
6: I don't think that they're trying hard enough to recu- recruit uh, any African Americans. They don't want African Americans in their good old boy network.
9: That's as simple as that.
6: Plain and simple.
9: Ferguson police have pledged to increase their recruiting of minorities who want to become police officers here. And, Scott, they also want to encourage officers who work here to live here. The officer involved in the shooting lived in another town. Mark Strassman, thank you very much. You
2: know, and I, and I apologize for, for this, for, I guess, the ignorance that I sometimes have. But, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm not racist. I, I don't have that fiber in my being. I I love all people. Uh, of that's so beautiful, <laughs> nationalities. Chase.
0: That's so beautiful.
2: I'm married to a Korean. Oh my
4: gosh! It's Anderson Cooper, everybody.
2: And when I when I when I hear stories and I see things of, of these racial tendencies, I honestly there's a part of me that doesn't understand why.
0: I know it seems so stupid. I,
2: I don't get it. I don't understand this good old boys network where they don't want to. You if know what if it's I think true. It all bringing comes down, African down to Americans. I, I don't. I, think I don't it, understand. I think it I all, really don't. I
0: think it all comes down to um, we as a species are very clan driven and very tribe driven, and we get in a tribe and we adopt just based on a skin color. No, no. No, I'm talking like um, it's just it could be it doesn't matter what the basis for the establishment of the tribe is. You could have the police force. That is a tribe. The community has become a tribe. The black community could be a tribe. But what you have is a group of people that get together who begin to kind of think the same way about a thing. And I think that's a that's a way where racism go, where racism goes from, like, I treat people differently to a systemic problem that can affect a police department that that literally changes the way they make decisions internally in their mind. I know this is sounding like some hippie bullshit, but what I'm trying to say is that it literally forms the way they think about things. Human beings kind of most frequently have a bottom-up way they form things where by the yeah. time you are making a decision on something in your mind, that thought process has gone through layers of emotion, your, your memory, your history, your biases, all of these filters. And by the time it is at your conscious level where you are making an actionable decision on that thought, it has already passed through so many layers of bias that y- there's nothing you can do. And when you're in a group, I think it becomes pervasive, and I think it doesn't matter yeah. if it's race, if it's a community of, of just the citizens or what happens. And, and things like racism are a toxin that get in those groups and poison them and lead yeah. them to just routinely bad decision-making.
2: And I know that's something that, that personally I will never understand because I never I never had to deal with it. I mean, you know, I, I, I grew up with, uh, you know, Mexican-Americans and Latinos and Cubans and African-Americans. Uh, and, you know, f- for me— you know, I'll never understand that mentality. My wife, uh, like I said, she's Korean, and she's she's had to deal with those racial, uh, you know, profilings and people treating her differently just based on her physical appearance of of her race. And for me, I just I, I feel for what's going on out there, even though I I don't understand the hows and the whys of the racism part but i understand why the in, the community is in outrage i understand well, and I based think, upon history based upon you know yes. looking at those statistics Yoga you know reach, yeah oh yeah yeah they've, yeah, they've mean,
0: obviously it's been building for a while yeah um and i think uh i think if you don't want to blame racism maybe you could blame obama I got a I got a clip here that is a mashup of some of the reasons why the right wing is blaming Obama for the situation in Ferguson. All right. There you have it.
6: The leader of the free world with sagging approval numbers, jumping into another local criminal justice situation. And once again, he does this before all of the facts have been gathered. Your take on it, and I have to agree, is that it appears the Obama administration is kind of orchestrating this tragedy. Well,
9: it certainly appears to be that way. Um, Very, very disturbing. President Obama
4: again jumping into the controversy from Martha's Vineyard.
5: You have a, a situation to where the president of the United States should come out and say, even pleading, not angry, just pleading, what good does this do?
6: Remember his beer summit after his silly comments about the Henry Louis Gates break-in in Cambridge or his, if I had a son, it'd look like Trayvon remarks?
9: Well, I don't know if he's jumped in too quickly. He may have chosen a side too quickly with regard to this issue of excessive force. This is very troubling. And then when you tie
4: in this, uh, you know, the president's two, uh, two public speeches about this, uh and his statement uh, it really does seem that they have decided to insert themselves right into the middle of this narrative but did the president go too far in choosing sides on this
6: these obama administration interjections have stoked racial discord in america and sown more distrust between minorities and some local law enforcement But if you look at the
9: shadings in his statements, he's clearly made a statement that the police were acting in an excessive way, that they were violating rights not only of protesters, but of reporters on the scene. But
4: I suggested that he also should have expressed sympathy and condolences for this police officer, A, who got injured in the line of duty, and, and B, whose reputation is being dragged through the mud.
6: So he switches the focus to racial injustice in Missouri and away from his policy failures to try to gin up the base. This is textbook Obama.
9: And so when you do so, you set a a scene and you set an atmosphere, unfortunately, I think, for continued uh, discord and uh, possibly violence in such a community. That's what the president should have said.
0: So most of that was Fox News. Some of that was from right, right-wing conservative radio station on XM. Uh, and so now you can see they're very upset that Obama took a stand, Obama picked a side. Here's what Obama actually said.
3: I have to be very careful about not prejudging uh, these events before uh, investigations uh, are completed, uh, because uh, although uh, these are uh, you know, issues of local jurisdiction, uh, you know, the the DOJ works for me, uh, and it, when they're conducting an investigation, I've got to make sure that uh, I don't look like I'm uh, putting my thumb on the scales one way or the other.
0: Ooh, yeah, I can see why they're upset. And, of course, he also went on to say, uh, you know, we should never use excessive force in any case. And, that, and then that has turned this entire thing into this massive political thing, this big old political dust-up that totally is not addressing the police overreach issue, no. it's not addressing the militarization of the civil force, no. it's not addressing the us-versus-them mentality. What they're doing is focusing on what Obama did wrong.
5: Or, or
2: governments or police forces controlling the method of speech as well. I mean, not just for the people who right. want to protest peacefully.
0: Wouldn't you think but, Fox News, as a reporting outlet, would want to talk about the outrage of reporters being shut out of the story?
2: Right. And being, and being pushed out of restaurants and being pushed out and being tear gassed. And, and then telling... <laughs> what?
0: Oh, I have Viber open, and oh. uh, Noah was just giving me an update about LinuxCon.
2: Oh. <laughs> I was like, dang, thank you. But, I mean, we're not talking about that either. You know, right. it, it, it's one of those situations when I first heard about reporters being pushed out and pushed away, I immediately thought this is a control issue that the the police department doesn't want to contr- uh, doesn't want any coverage of the bad things that they're doing. That's, smell- that was my first—
0: You smell that? You smell that? You know, that smells like Savannah Meats Bacon. Savannah Meats Conspiracy Bacon is back in stock. Wow. Are you ready for my conspiracy bacon a little bit? All right.
2: Well, hold on. Let me get my bib on.
0: All right. Mm. Go for it. All right, Chase. I'm eating. Here's what I, I have to wonder. Um, some salt here. Very good. So, a lot of times these situations are sometimes pushed forward. All it takes is for somebody to sort of light a fire under a certain group and really get things going up. Maybe somebody in a position of power uh, sends a mandate down to the police force. Go out there and kick ass. And just as the people are wrapping up, the cops go out there and they kick ass. And that's all it takes to light a spark. And then the thing takes the whole situation takes care of the rest of itself. And all of a sudden everybody's all riled up, everybody's hyper tuned into what's going on. Okay. People are laying in bed watching live streams on their freaking phones. Everybody's super sensitive about it, and now all of a sudden you've got a shit ton of new registered voters. Okay? And the reason why I wonder why this is why this all of a sudden went to be such a big freaking deal is because something just as tragic happened just days before and nobody gave a shit. That was your cue. That was a good light. I said, nobody gives a shit.
6: On August 5th, four days before Michael Brown was killed killed by Ferguson police officer Darren Wilson, 22-year-old John Crawford III was shopping inside a Walmart in the Dayton, Ohio suburb of Beaver Creek when he was shot and killed by police. The father of two had picked up an MK-177 BB pellet rifle in the toy aisle, and he had it with him as he walked around the store while talking on his cell phone. Another customer called 911, reportedly telling dispatchers that he saw a man walking around with a gun in the store. He said the man was pointing a black rifle at people near the pet section and that, quote, he's loading it right now. According to Crawford's girlfriend, who was on the phone with him at the time, police ordered Crawford to drop the gun and open fire.
8: I just heard them just shoot him like he wasn't nothing. He just telling them that it wasn't real. And, he, they didn't even give him a chance to respond. He was
6: shot. Crawford was pronounced dead at a nearby hospital that night. The county coroner labeled his death a homicide, though more than two weeks later, there have still been no arrests.
0: And Now this is a father of two buying a toy for his children that that store sells. He's, he's holding the item that he went to the store to buy, and he's gunned down by police. Nobody got upset about that because there wasn't the right conditions for that spark to be lit. And I you you have the race
2: of the guy who got shot black. And no one no one no one got upset about it. Right. Except obviously the. And in this case,
0: the evidence even says it's homicide. Like the evidence is in.
2: Yeah. Do we know who shot Father of two children? Do Do we know who shot him? Is the officer's name released as know. well?
0: I don't know. I, this is literally the only thing I've heard about this entire thing. And and I just – when I see these – see, the thing is, is the United States is pretty screwed up. This stuff happens every single see, day. See,
2: because the first thing that's going to be throwing out, thrown out here is what if it was a white kid that got shot and killed? Would, would there be more hoopla over it? I have a sense would, there would, it, would be. The community would get involved because the community in Ferguson, obviously, is predominantly African-American – since it was an African American kid that got shot, crowd got involved.
0: I, I have a sense. I think. What's I, it, the
2: demographics of Dayton? But roughly?
0: I think we're confusing to— uh, I think. No, I
2: know. But I, what I'm trying which, to say is that's why there was no spark because the people
0: didn't care. But I, I know. And my conspiracy bacon, which I'm not saying I subscribe to, but the right. one I just want us to just to kick around. Yeah. Is that there might have been political motivations to make one. A really big deal versus another. Oh. I mean, just something to maybe be aware of, but who knows. I think the core issue here is that us versus them mentality. And I want to play (sighs) you a clip. Man. Uh, This this has been really interesting. One of the things to watch, because it sounds douchebaggy and hipstery, but some of the stuff that the media is covering today, I was reading on Twitter three or four days ago. And, 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 and to me, I just thought, oh, well, this is just the mainstream media once again electing not to cover something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now they are covering it. And I don't know why that's changed. But this next clip I want to play is pretty shocking. I don't know if they're going to include the swearing. I tried to gr- grab the bleeped version. Um, But I want to warn you. So before we do that, I'll give you a minute to fast forward. Before we do that, I want to tell you how you can support the Unfilter show. Unfilter is a listener-supported show. We don't take any advertisers because we want to come on here and say any kind of crazy thing we want. We want to fry any bacon we need to. That's why we go to you. Over to patreon.com slash unfilter. You can become an Unfilter supporter, and this is a great week to do it because we've got a ton of great clips in the overtime folder. We've got... An amazingly powerful videos in, in the supporter sync. And when you become an unfiltered supporter, when you go over to patreon.com slash unfilter and you become a pledge member of $5 or more per month, that's all it is, $5 or more, you get access to the supporter clips. Yep, You get access to the supporters show, yep. which is an entirely additional show where it gives you more information about the stuff we covered. If every now and then you hear us just kind of throw out a fact and you're like, where the hell did the guys get that? It's right. very likely we covered that in the supporters show. And you can get that via RSS, direct download, or through BitTorrent Sync. We've got all of it. Go over to patreon.com slash unfilter. And thank you to our 319 patrons who are keeping us on the air.
2: Yeah, you guys rock and you guys understand the importance of independent media. Absolutely. And not being
0: uh, And being able to trust the motivations of the people you're hearing from. And even, and what I think is great about that is in this model, is even if we get something wrong, or we get a detail wrong, we say something that's wrong doesn't mean that we have, like, you know that the motivation to get that wrong is just a mistake. It's not an agenda that is making us say something or skew something in a certain direction. It's just, it's just something we made a mistake on, and we will very likely make a correction on in a future episode. We have, nothing, we have no one to report to but you. The only reason we are making this show is for you. And trust me when I tell you, it takes an incredible amount of work and sacrifice, both personal and professionally, to put this show out. And yep. you can help us keep going by going over to patreon.com slash
2: unfiltered thanks so much you guys really do appreciate it
0: so i want to play this clip for you i think they've cut out the swearing but here we go just a fair warning to you there could be some f-bombs
6: st louis county police they say that they have relieved an officer of duty and they are suspending him indefinitely after he threatened protesters last night and pointed a semi-automatic assault rifle at them cnn's don lemon is in ferguson with the latest don it's surprising at this point that this would happen isn't it
3: Go yeah. It is surprising, and what's even more surprising is that you're going to see the video right now of that confrontation. And I want to warn our viewers, there is some very strong language in this video. We've done our best to bleep it to cover that language, but it is very graphic. You're going to get an idea of what it is. So again, a warning, and then I will explain exactly when this occurred and what happened afterwards.
0: And I think this clip will beautifully demonstrate the mentality that that the people in authority have towards the people they're protecting. Yeah.
3: Take a listen. Gun, gun, raise,
0: My, hands gun
1: up, My hands are hands up, bro. My hands are up.
7: Hands up. Gun raised and and
0: Look at that gun pointed right in those people's faces. That guy yeah. has a shotgun pointed in their no, face. No, 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 I know.
2: I. That's no. that's a semi-automatic gun. Shotgun. People might think it's a double-barrel. No, this is a semi-automatic weapon.
4: After, after
1: Kill You're gonna kill him. He's trying to kill him. He's trying
3: to... So, in that video, the officer says the, 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 the peaceful protesters, this is according. Uh...
0: Well, and to be fair, they're cutting this part out, but the protesters went on to taunt the, taunt the cop after yeah. he was. I mean, he was the, the pro- dick first. Yeah, the,
2: the protesters asked him what his name yeah. was. Yeah. And he said, "Go f yourself." Go f yourself. But he didn't say f. And and then they, and then they go, "Well, hey, officer, go f yourself." Right. You know. So they kept it going
3: Uh, uh, to the unified forces. Here says, uh, "Look, this guy has his gun pointing at people," and the officer says, "Get back, or I'm going to effing kill you." And then they ask the. He says it several times, and then they ask the officer his name, and he says, "My my name is Officer Go f yourself," and it continues on, uh, you know, with that a little bit afterwards. But here's what they said. This happened Tuesday, shortly uh, before. Before midnight, when the incident occurred, and it, that is a St. Anne Municipality police officer. A St. Anne Municipality police officer. And according to the Unified Forces here, they said that this does not represent any of the officers in the area. Obviously, they don't, do not condone this. This officer has been uh, suspended indefinitely and has been removed uh, from his duties here. They? And even before that, the man who is in charge of this operation, uh, Captain Ron Johnson, t- told us. That he wasn't having any of this. This officer is done. He has nothing to do with these operations anymore. But again, you see the video and you hear the very graphic language and the officer pointing a uh, semi-automatic loaded weapon at a peaceful protester telling him he is going to effing kill him.
0: Pretty crazy. And I think it demonstrates, um, I mean, yeah, obviously that cop had a lot of adrenaline in his system, some fear. Um, but I think it. I think those brought to the surface this problem that we are facing, where the people that we are entrusting to protect us and we are arming at an alarming rate, uh, don't uh, obviously don't feel comfortable around us. They are fear us in some sense or something. Right? Yeah.
2: I mean, and, and that those cops, you know, they they need to be dealt with not only in a uh, punishment sense, but they need to sit down and talk to somebody. They need yeah. to. You know, maybe they have they have P.S. Uh, Post Traumatic Stress Disorder. You know, coming back from a war. I mean, the thing is, or, though, you know, the, but,
0: but uh, okay. but well, let's look at the positive side. Yeah. I mean, yes, they have issues. They have to deal through that. Yeah. But it is sort of it's bringing a lot of this problem with the police and the excessive force and the military it, militarization. It's bringing it out into the open conversation. now. I agree.
10: Police in Ferguson fire tear gas and stun grenades. They say they were responding to being targeted by rocks, Molotov cocktails, and gunfire. The central question in Ferguson is as persistent as the violence itself. Were those police tactics appropriate for what was happening at that moment?
5: You needed a show of force by police officers. The fact that they're wearing military-style uniforms was very provocative. Had they been wearing uh, police blues, I think they would have been a different feeling...
0: Here they come. See, that's my point. Is is that just the visual presentation of of a military force? Yeah, heavy helmets, big vehicles, right. big vests. It's sending camo. it's sending the signal, yeah. let's go. And then and then the then the citizens response is
10: what? And, you know, more outrage, right? It just amplifies the outrage. We've been pushed out of the way. Some experts say the police performance in Ferguson has been disjointed. They say it started with a confused leadership picture. Ferguson Police Chief Thomas Jackson heading up securing the city, then handing it off to Captain Ron Johnson of the Missouri Highway Patrol. It tells
5: me that they're not certain uh, who's in control and how to control this uh, civil strife. That They are experimenting. They're making things up as they go along
10: heavy-handed tactics at the beginning then stepping back and allowing protesters to roam (laughs) then clamping down again as the threat changed to some that's disastrous look at look at all of them holding holding
2: up their weapons look you got multiple officers Mm -hmm. in that
0: clip Mm -hmm. holding
2: up aiming Mm -hmm. weapons i know
0: and this is probably a good moment to stop and say we're not cop haters Right. The the civil police force has a legitimate role in our society. We're not cop haters. I just no, want to underscore that.
2: I have some good friends that are police right. officers. I have
0: family. But I think what the yeah. problem is, is that it is it is it is, it is it, as a group. There is a problem. Individually, they are human beings with families and wives and children or husbands or lovers or whatever you know they have going on in their lives they are actual people and they have interests and i i get that and we are not losing sight of that but what i think we have to acknowledge is that as a group as a whole it's going too far and it's going too far too often
10: then clamping down again as the threat changed to some that's disastrous indecision to others that's adaptability
0: they went to heavy hand in the beginning but they have to keep changing and assessing their tactics. That's what good policing does. It's a constant assessment of the threat and trying different things to find the right mix.
10: Communication with the public and the media has also been too inconsistent, analysts say. Police haven't articulated the rules on the street clearly and seem to be constantly changing the rules on the fly. Some- like, even the guys in the back of the line
0: are pointing yeah. the gun at yeah, the cops what, in front of them. I mean, look at this. These guys don't know what they're doing. They're pointing guns at themselves. And uh, producer Q5 sis in the chat room, says it's also important to keep in mind that part of our, you know, the United States, you know, Chase, this is America. Yeah, buddy. That's, part of our national new. identity. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting for that one all episode. <laughs> part of our national identity is to fight against oppressive forces. It's been, in, it's been hundreds of years, but we grew up learning in school about how patriots fought against the oppression. But now we're fighting ourselves. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
10: And seem to be constantly changing the rules, on the fly, sometimes on live
3: TV. Uh, I think we're about to be arrested because we're standing on the sidewalk and you said you want to... Move out of the way,
9: sir! Move!
10: But some law enforcement veterans say an ongoing civil disturbance in a glaring public spotlight is unlike anything else.
7: The problem is this is such a big, dynamic situation.
10: Now, we relayed some of these criticisms.
0: Okay, if anybody watching could email into unfilter at com and tell me what drug this guy is on. I would like to get that drug. So let me know. Watch his mannerisms. He's just too much. He's on something. And I'd like to know what it is. And I figure someone out there in the audience is probably taking it and could tell me.
10: To the Missouri Highway Patrol and the Ferguson police, we have not heard back from them. Now, what about the Missouri National Guard? They're not involved in the specific policing of the crowd. The Guard is there just to protect the command center. Should all of that change, some analysts say the police are exhausted, that the National Guard should deploy to relieve them and maintain order. But then you get into those images of militarization on the streets of Ferguson yet again, Brianna. That's been a problem.
6: And Brian, this other point of (laughs) criticism uh, of the Ferguson Police Department Uh was uh that release of the video that showed Michael Brown in the convenience store.
10: That's right. Now, some analysts say they waited way too long to release that video. It took several days to do that. Critics say before the video was released, there was one narrative of Michael, Look at that Michael guy. Brown. Then when right? they released a it, different hands. narrative was I don't created. Think on anything. That was on the same day that they revealed the name of the policeman who shot him. That was a public relations disaster for the police, and it led to unrest that very night. By the way, uh, this is what the CNN
0: green screen virtual reality set has devolved into, is this guy hopped up on all of the drugs, <laughs> standing in front of a virtual large- big screen display that is he is standing right now in that shot in a 360 degree green screen set and this is what they're using it for good investment there cnn oh come on man i'm just saying i'm just saying all right should we move on from ferguson you think we spent enough on ferguson
2: no but it's one of those things that obviously i hope i really hope that uh you know it it can we can get a, a solid Positive result, result yeah. from this situation, and, and
0: maybe reignite a serious conversation about the police and the militarization. And we should. something that the show will keep following is it's gotten to the point now. Last clip, we'll wrap it up right here. International observers are in Ferguson watching what the hell's going on,
6: I- and journalists are not the only people reporting right now on the ground in Ferguson. Human rights organization, Amnesty International, is also there taking unprecedented action to deal with the ongoing crisis. The organization has been on the ground since Thursday with a 13-person human rights delegation. To discuss their role in mitigating this conflict, earlier I spoke to Jasmine Heiss, a senior campaigner on the ground, and I first asked her to talk about what brought Amnesty International to Ferguson.
8: Amnesty International is here as part of a human rights delegation with a two-fold mission. Uh, First, our mission is to observe and to shine a light on human rights abuses that are happening here, just as we would if this were happening anywhere else in the world. And secondly, our mission is to organize, to support the community, to provide things like nonviolent direct action, police de-escalation trainings, and just be present in our twofold mission as an organization.
0: So who knows if anything will become of this? I'm doubtful, but
2: we'll see. what what i would say is you know if if you know if you see a police officer going through your neighborhood and, you know driving through on patrol you know wave i mean get to know the people that work in your communities and and protect your communities and you know a lot of people out there are good and it's unfortunate that a few of these officers maybe a lot of these officers maybe need to be retrained
5: mm. and they
2: need to go through uh you know some basic horses on A. You don't point your weapon at anybody if you don't plan on shooting.
0: Last Ferguson clip, and then we'll move on. Ah. Last clip.
4: Go ahead. After 12 days of protest in Ferguson, Attorney General Eric Holder arrived here today. I'm sorry. How are you doing, sir? You are the man. Holder is now over. You are the man.
2: You are the man. Now, is that uh, the Attorney General saying that to the captain? Yep. Oh, wow.
0: I mean, this is because the new the captain has done a good job, but... yeah. Uh,
2: well, you know, here's the funny thing. You know, uh, I, I know we didn't really touch on it. You know how the uh, the chief released the video? Yeah. And then he was told by the FBI, the attorney general's office, a few other outlets to not release that video. Oh, really?
0: Yes. I got to read up about that. Yeah.
2: He was told not to release that video, but he did it on his own accord anyway.
0: Day.
4: Sorry. How you doing, sir? You are the man. Holder is now overseeing oh, a, a federal hug. investigation
0: into the death it's of a Michael hug. Almost about ready to kiss. Look at that. He's looking at his lips. It's a bro hug. Dude, that looks like it was almost well, a bro I, I kiss. Should, you
2: know, you
4: shake a hand, you give him back Where, Where's his other hand at right oh, now, Chase? I'm just Chris. saying a little uh, tug Come and grip. Come on, There's gr- a team of 40 FBI agents working the case. In the meantime, the state's own investigation continues. A grand jury convened today to begin hearing evidence. Police say Officer Darren Wilson shot Michael Brown in self-defense after Brown grabbed for the policeman's gun. New video has emerged where an eyewitness can be heard reacting to what he
0: saw. And by the way, new video, they mean taken the moment of the incident so it's not new at all, but they're just now deciding to air it. The next thing I know, I think he's missing, couldn't make out the words, started running, kept coming towards police, is what the witness is saying in this video. Now, not all witnesses are saying this, but that's what this witness is saying. I was say, saying. there's conflicting reports. Right. Right.
4: But other eyewitness accounts say Brown did not rush towards police.
8: But he felt the... The bullet grazed his arm. He turned around and then was shot multiple times.
4: Critics of prosecuting attorney Robert McCullough say he may be biased in favor of law enforcement. Oh, have you heard about this? No. Oh, this is good. So this will be the guy taking care of the facts. Enforcement. McCullough's father was killed while working as a cop, and his mother was a police clerk. He wanted to be an officer himself, but lost one of his legs due to cancer.
0: So I, know, I would doubt he's got any conflict of interest or any particular persuasion or any bias
4: <laughs> McCullough is holding firm.
10: I have no intention of walking away from the responsibilities, the duties that have been entrusted to me by the people of this entire community, and and I understand that there are some that uh, they don't think I'm best suited for this case. But what-
0: you know, again, I am hearing an undertone of absolute disrespect. For what the community wants I'm hearing an undertone of disregard I'm hearing an undertone of honestly Like they don't know what's best for them They just need us to take care of them
10: Of walking away from The responsibilities, the duties That have been entrusted to me by the people Of this entire community And, and I understand that there are some That uh, they don't think I'm best suited For this case, but what I'm trying to convey To them is that I've got that Responsibility, I'm not walking away from it
4: Police and protesters continue to clash. Nearly 50 people arrested overnight, though the demonstrations were mostly peaceful. Captain Ron Johnson says a turning point has been reached.
1: I think our community is, is, is uh, turning against the criminals
4: that are trying to project, project this community in a bad light. Local residents are hoping for an end to the violence. Deborah Jones lives about a block from the demonstrations, and she sits in fear as each night approaches.
9: We're right in the middle, you know, and people, you know, they just need to, you know,
8: cease
4: this. How long do you think you can continue to live like this?
8: I hope they get everything resolved soon. You can't. They need to bring the personal justice so these people can start to heal. So this can calm down and quiet now because this neighborhood is really suffering.
4: Well, those here in the community know that last night there were no shootings, no Molotov cocktails being thrown, no tear gas being used. That was the first time in at least the past several days that that has happened. Uh, Captain Johnson basically saying he felt as though, Brianna, it was a different dynamic out here. And he's certainly hoping that tonight makes a difference as well.
0: So things are starting to improve. <sighs> All right, okay, Man. so you want to shift gears to the beheading of uh, James Foley? Yeah, okay, sounds good. The British no. Foreign
7: Secretary weighing in on all of this, expressing a good deal of concern, because on that tape, the executioner, the murderer of James Foley, appears to have a British accent. <laughs> Intelligence Services.
0: Okay, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop. And, uh, and again, uh, Chase, if you could maybe pronounce uh, a little, I got a little more bacon. I brought two batches of bacon today. This will be the last bacon of uh, the episode. this
2: This batch actually comes all the way from our friends to the north, Vancouver. British Columbia.
0: Huh. Okay. Vancouver so, Chase, uh yes. this bacon, we're just sitting here, we're just chewing, we're buddies. We're oh, not... oh, wait, hold
2: on, let me throw some pepper on there. Okay. There we go.
0: We're not saying this is the case. All right. Not saying this is the case. All right. But if you were going to just build up this, like, narrative of conspiracy, where you have ISIS that has American guns, has American money, and they're doing things that seem to be... Anyways, let's just... We've talked about that before, right? Yeah now you have ISIS who seems to be really kind of hitching Europe to the US in this fight against terrorism. Like The the EU is going to become dependent on us in going after these bad guys and now they're obviously under threat because this guy has a British accent and they're going to move in and they're going to do things over there and then they're going to come over to the West over here and they're going to blow us up and we have to work together. And isn't that super convenient right now when we're also at the same time trying to make sure they never make any more deals with Putin, they come buy their oil from us we got to make sure we get in there for all that kind of stuff gosh it's just so convenient that at the same time economically we kind of want to link up we also need to lock, link up over security issues pretty convenient <sighs>
2: that was a good bacon I yeah mean, I, I, don't had, know. I had yeah, a I don't nice know. piece yeah i don't know i don't know either probably I, nothing it, it, the only reason why it's really hard for me to latch on to that right Cause,
0: now because of, of the level of brutality it's just so far. Well, but here's the thing, right? You it's cre- unfathomable. Well, no, you create the monster, and then it becomes a genuine organization that goes off and does right. things that you have no control over. Hello, right. Al-Qaeda, right? It yeah. becomes, I mean, you start something, you light the fire, and then where that fire burns, you no longer have control over. It.
7: It's on both sides of the Atlantic now working to try and identify his... Now, hold on, mur- on, let's
0: play that back, because I think she was just saying that both... okay.
7: The murderer of James Foley appears to have a British accent. Intelligence services on both sides of the Atlantic now working to try and identify his murderer, the friends and family of James Foley, remembering his life and his career as a journalist. The ISIS video is simply too horrific to show. The man being executed by beheading is James Foley, a freelance journalist kidnapped in northwest Syria on November twenty second, two thousand twelve.
0: Now, interesting too, kidnapped in Syria, executed in Iraq. And I've often also said, doesn't it seem like these guys have a lot of the weapons that we were sending to the rebels in Syria? Now, is now the captured in Syria, murdered by ISIS
7: in Iraq? Right. Thanksgiving Day. ISIS, the brutal militant rampaging through Syria and Iraq, say they killed Foley in retaliation for U.S. military operations in Iraq. Foley, a freelance photojournalist from New Hampshire, reads a message denouncing the U.S., presumably written by his captors. He says America is his real killer, and then Foley is murdered. The Obama administration said they're working to authenticate the video, adding, if genuine, we are appalled by the brutal murder of an innocent American journalist, and we express our deepest condolences to his family and friends. And the family of Jim Foley released a statement late Tuesday night that reads in part, We implore the kidnappers to spare the lives of the remaining hostages. Like Jim, they are innocents. They have no control over American government policy in Iraq, Syria, or anywhere in the world. Another American journalist, Stephen Saltloff, is shown at the end of the video. The executioner speaking with an apparent British accent threatens to take Saltloff's life if President Obama doesn't stop airstrikes in Iraq. Saltloff, kidnapped on the Syrian Turkish border, has worked as a contributor to Time magazine. No one knows how many thousands of Syrians and Iraqis have died at the hands of ISIS militants. Across their stronghold in northern Iraq, cold-blooded mass killings of Iraqi men, women and children.
6: We do have information that they continue um, uh, these kinds of depredations and, and crimes against humanity. There's no question about that.
7: After dozens of airstrikes against ISIS positions across northern Iraq, the group may feel pressure, but there is no sign it's abandoning its violence and horror. ISIS has some 10,000 fighters. It's now a group the U.S. intelligence community calls a credible alternative to al-Qaeda with aspirations to attack the United States. <laughs>
0: Boy, Barber Star just does it like nobody else, right?
2: So so here's, you know, I I don't like to fry conspiracy bacon either. What?
0: Are you serious, Chase? Uh, All right, well, this conspiracy bacon actually comes from our local grocery store. Uh, They buy into a big cooperative of bacon, but these are the thickest, juiciest slices that have a little hint of maple.
2: So maybe this is the thing. To charge up the American people. Right. To send boots on the ground.
0: Right. To take the airstrikes, which, by the to way— escalate them. By the way, doing a new round of airstrikes.
2: But but here's the thing. If if you're ISIS— So you go from—well,
0: no. No, okay. no, hold on. Let me I'm finish the
2: thought. All let right. me finish the thought. All right. If you're ISIS, Hey, Chase. Okay. Hey, Chase. Oh, I, 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 go ahead. Uh, uh, if you're ISIS, okay, <laughs> and you want to do something to not uh, provoke— more airstrikes, and more attacks against you, what's the thing that you shouldn't be doing?
0: Um, beheading journalists.
2: Right. So why would they be doing this? Because, possibly, there's a little bit of conspiracy bacon here going on Right. to get us more and in depth. Isn't it just the cherry on the
0: top that the guy has a British accent? So what's next? So the next boot, the next boot that drops has to be an American that gets killed? Is that what I mean Well this, well, it wasn't this America. was an American that got right. killed Right okay right sorry so it's a it's, it's a British murder an American that's getting killed God, it's and everything it, it's got everything
2: and here's what's going to happen there's going to be another video follow up unfortunately I mean I don't want to believe that conspiracy I don't want that to be true I I want to believe
0: Do You really want to believe the other alternative which is that I mean I don't know I tell you what I mean
2: I just Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a matter of baiting, right?
0: Whatever it is, you're right. Let's strip everything away. There is obviously a, there is obviously something or someone has decided we're going back into Iraq, and we've got to make it happen. Right. And we gotta, we got to play up the PR of this. we got to play that al-Baghdadi video over again and pretend like it's brand new again. We just played that last oh, week. Oh,
2: yeah, and pretend that he's addressing people when he's not.
0: Right. So we got to do that over again. Now now up to the next notch. These guys that have been in captivity for years, held in Syria. Who knows when those guys were killed even? Yeah, this could be an old that, video. Or that guy. Yeah. This um, t- it's horrible, though. I yeah. mean, it is very tragic. Now, what I find to be interesting about this is it doesn't mean we're changing any of our policy, of course.
7: US and British intelligence experts are scouring every frame of the gruesome video showing the murder of James Foley for clues about who killed him. President Obama offering condolences and tough words as commander-in-chief.
3: When people harm Americans anywhere, we do what's necessary to see that justice is done.
7: But before any next steps, intelligence experts have work to do. First, Washington and London are analyzing the British accent in the voice of the killer. Well, we're very
2: concerned by the uh, apparent fact that there's a, the, the, the murderer uh, in question it is British, and we're urgently investigating agencies on both sides of the Atlantic uh, and then to see if we can identify Working the individual together. in question.
7: Does the accent indicate where he might have come from? Are there cell phone intercepts matching the voice? Yeah, look at those, are motion templates, that's great. Could he once have been held at Guantanamo Bay? Experts are looking at the terrain in the video to see if it matches satellite imagery from Iraq or Syria.
0: So, we don't know where that video was or when it was taken. Right.
7: Until now, ISIS has not made attacking the West a major priority. But now, a direct threat. The killing of James Foley, said to be retaliation for U.S. airstrikes. The executioner saying in part
6: Any attempt by you, Obama, to deny the Muslims their rights of living in safety under the Islamic Caliphate will result in the bloodshed of your people
0: now watch what cnn does here it's a stroke of compositing genius because when you are making a piece like this you stitch every moment together so that way they build on each other yeah. it's almost like a music piece in yep. a sense and so you hear this guy's accent so what's the next thing you want to do
7: <laughs> the intelligence community worried about what will happen next
0: it's
1: not clear uh, whether the leadership will now Oh, it's a guy with an accent. Towards attacking the West, there's certainly a lot of concern that they could. They have the capability to.
7: The administration, for now, not likely to expand military action in Iraq, and airstrikes against ISIS inside Syria are unlikely, given Syrian Syrian air defenses and the lack of intelligence about where ISIS operatives are precisely located.
5: I do think the administration is not likely to change their strategy as a result of this. Uh, They're going to be very careful not to have the mission creep uh, so much that we get fully entangled in Iraq again.
0: I hope he is right. So the airstrikes are on for now. In fact, they don't have an end date. But maybe we don't end up going in boots on the ground. Yeah. All right, Jay, should we end this sucker on a high note and then we'll get out of here?
2: Yeah, when I, I saw this story, I... Couldn't really believe it all that much. <laughs> I mean, when I saw the headline... I was just like, wow, this must be really, really serious, and right? They, Jackie and,
0: Chan publicly apologized. It right. must be big, right?
2: Yeah. And uh, do you have an audio clip on this? I did. No? I, oh, okay. I did.
0: I oh, not on that one, but I did have a clip, but it's not here now. No, okay. they they didn't release audio of
2: it. Yeah. So so basically, I saw this headline uh, in, in our local uh, online news, and I was like, oh wow, this must be really, really serious. So you know, I, I started reading. It's like, wow, Jackie sure. Chan apologized because his son Oof. is on drug detention charges in oh. Beijing, China, oh. uh, and also with another actor, and then I kept reading, and then like fifth paragraph in, police said both actors, uh, J.C. Chan, 31 years old, and Taiwan movie star Kai Ko, 23 years old, were both tested positive for marijuana and admitted using the drugs, and they had 100 grams, 3.53 ounces, which, to put it in size terms, you're thinking about what? uh, Maybe a few... Like uh like uh silver dollar pieces, you know, ish. I mean they're not it's not that's not a lot. Uh or is it
0: a lot? I don't well, know. Well, I don't know. What was the amount? It uh, was it three ounces? Three
2: ounces, three point five ounces. <laughs>
0: that's quite but a, that's it. That's a lot of pot though. That but that's I but, mean it's not a ton of pot, but that's enough pot to get the job done. Okay. <laughs> I mean what are you doing? Are you making a batch of brownies for the next year with that? I mean, but
2: but anyway, uh the offense carries a maximum sentence of three years imprisonment. Uh, Ko was using, uh, accused of using the drugs, uh, a much less serious accusation, but the potential pe- penalty wasn't clear. Uh, Chinese President, uh, Xi Jinping, uh, declared in June that illegal drugs should be wiped out and that offenders should be severely punished. The crackdown has snarled more than eight hundred people in Beijing alone, according to police.
0: Wow. And it's interesting, right? The real story here is how Jackie Chan felt so ashamed that his son was smoking pot.
2: Well, I think that's more of a, uh, culture thing. The culture thing. And yeah. I don't think it was – you know, I don't I don't like to read between lines, but maybe – Maybe
0: you should read between the lines a little bit.
2: But maybe he has to come out and project that, obviously, for China. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. You know, I, I'm very ashamed of my son. It's a very traditional Asian-Pacific thing. What's wrong over there, Chris?
0: You know what I never want to do as a dad? Have to publicly say, I am ashamed of my son. I will always say, I stand with my son. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's got to be a cultural yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what he needs to do? What's that? Woo-woo, ride the weed bus, Chase. Just go over and see how got a weed The bus. state attorney general says he will uphold the will of voters by
9: fighting to defend Initiative 502, which legalized recreational pot. Bob Ferguson has filed a brief in support of 502 in two lawsuits against the city of Fife, which has banned pot businesses. Fife officials say the city is not required to allow pot businesses because 502 is preempted by federal law. Getting high while seeing the sights of by Seattle, way, tourism entrepreneurs way, I, are making that happen.
2: I know you can't pause quickly, but... Um, oh, I paused. Oh, I-, I paused That's like a the, mo. The, the thing with that defense, yeah. there's an inherent danger in that defense. Lay it right on me, Chase. The inherent danger is if the, they get the right judge or the right court, and they'll say, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, it's federal yeah. law. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then the whole freaking initiative could be up in smoke. Mm. Get it? Get it?
9: King Five's Michael Konoposik explored one of the unique yet controversial pot-themed businesses.
5: Here along the waterfront is one of the stops for the Weed Bus Club. Think of this thing as a party bus with a lot of smoke.
1: Uh-oh. They They take pictures, they thumbs up. It's, it's great. We get a lot of
9: positive feedback about the weed bus. Huh. The
5: paint job sure makes it hard to miss what promises to be a mind-altering experience.
7: Oh, I think it's great.
5: Betty Joe, visiting <laughs> from Montana, couldn't resist snapping a few shots. Betty yeah, jo. it's
7: very unique. It's something I don't see every day.
5: Operator William Prigmore says the curiosity is what's driving business.
0: Why the hell didn't we think of this? So, did, was that weedbus.club? Check it out. You look it up while all right, all right, all I'm right. Everybody's question is, is, what is the weed bus?
5: And I first tell them, hop on the weed bus, take a look at it. So we did just that. Oh a ride from the Piers to Soto, along with a pit stop for some early morning passengers
4: to light up.
5: They can Woo-hoo! smoke on
4: the bus. We go down to Cannabis City. They can buy it legally. We take them on a tour of Magical Butter.
5: There is one main concern, however, no partition separating the driver from the rows of smoke-filled fun. What about the risk of a secondhand hand high? Oh, no. Most of the time when they're smoking on the bus, we don't have drivers in there. Police tell us they will monitor all of this. As far as the passengers lighting up, that is still considered public pot smoking. Technically illegal. But police say enforcing marijuana laws is their lowest priority. There's their stops. (laughs) Now, you will have to buy your own marijuana, but the price of the tour is $25 per hour or just a donation for a short distance. We're told that there is competition here. Wait a minute,
0: wait a minute, wait a minute. You can ride the weed bus just for. Short-distance transportation. Yeah. So you get on the weed bus. You'll all All right, but but Chris, to be fair, look at the stops here. First, Yeah, you head over to Dick's Drive-In. You get yourself some burgers. This is amazing. And oh, then- my gosh, Chase, people come into town. You take them yeah. to the weed bus, you yeah. go to Dick's.
2: You go to Dick's, and then, hold on, you make a stop at Cannabis City. Genius. And then uh, you can uh, have uh, dinner at the crab pot.
7: Oh, my gosh. And
2: then you head over to Al-Kai and uh, this watch is, the sunset. This would be, like, seriously, like, if
0: we ever could Look get... Re- this. If we ever could get Rekai out of the studio and take him down to Seattle, <laughs> we should take him on this. Right? You and I, you take Rekai on this weed bus tour. Oh, man. Because, really, this sounds great. Anyways, we'll let him finish up. Yeah. yeah for Do right not
5: enough. be surprised to see more of these buses on city streets. Reporting along the waterfront, Michael Kanaposik, King 5 News. That's a name. <laughs> <laughs> Michael
0: Kanaposik. Michael Kanaposik. Uh, so that's pretty funny and good times had yeah. by all. Uh, there you go, Chase. Well, that'll bring us to the, towards the end. I know, big show, a lot wow, of heavy stuff we covered. Stuff that you know, it's like you got to process. I'd love to hear the audience's thoughts on this. Probably the best way to get hold of us would be go- Be going, just head over to our, our subreddit. Would Yep, you?
2: that's right, Reddit. Our unfiltered at reddit. dot com. That's the place to head to where you can submit your stories, upvote, downvote. Um, and really just get involved in the conversation. 1,442 Boom. of you have done so, and we really do appreciate it. And then we get a lot of content for the show from this page. So and thank it helps us so get an
0: idea of what you want to cover, too. And if you if you hear us, this would be another great use of the subreddit. Yep. If there's a story that has had a big update since we've last talked about it that you think is show worthy, put it in there. Absolutely. If nothing else, there's a good chance we'll see it.
2: Yep. Now, Chris, during the course of the week, hmm. you might be telling people about shows, maybe sure. live coverage of LinuxCon.
0: That's true. We'll be doing some of that tomorrow as a matter of Where
2: fact. Where can people follow you for those instant updates?
0: Twitter.com slash Chris Yes.
2: Wow, that's a neat... And by the way, look at that. You had uh, LinuxCon stream. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, yeah. Resta- you misspelled oh. Ferguson, by the way.
0: Oh, did I? Yeah. Was I good. was I was doing a kind of... Quick, because you just got here. Yeah, fair enough. You were here, and I was like, "Oh, Chase is here. I got a tweet." Word. You can ask the chat room
2: now. Tweeting. Uh,
0: hmm. You do that? I do. Where do you do that at?
2: I do that. at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S you on Twitter. Log yeah, in there, yeah, yeah, I'll need to log in But yeah, this is where you can follow me, and you definitely want to follow me if you want to see all the cool stuff that's going to be happening with PAX Boom. next week. PAX, it's in our yes. backyard, everybody.
0: Yes. Also, you could watch some of that PAX coverage in a couple of weeks over at
2: geekgamer.tv. Uh, we're going to be doing a Geek Gamer TV uh, preview on Sunday of our PAX coverage. We're going to get together, Bam. big roundtable discussion. Um, and, by the way, talking about next week, should we talk about next week?
0: Oh, t- should we have? Yes. Yes, of course. There will not be an episode next week. We are uh, Unless something crazy happens because yeah. of PAX and my son going to school will be taking next week off. More details for you supporters will post on the Patreon
2: page. Yes, absolutely. But thank you so much for joining us, you guys. We'll see you back here in probably two weeks. Two weeks!
9: Weeks!